Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Now, let me, let me just do this. We've been dealing with the family because God's order has not changed. Can somebody say amen? Oh, Jesus. Uh, In the video department, can you put up uh, uh, nugget number two? I I have four of them from last Wednesday, but but I want to use, I think this will be a, a good place to start and finish with nugget number two. Would everybody please stand? And ladies of the encounter, please put this to heart because this is going to guard and protect everything God deposited in you in the encounter. Are are you listening to me? Ready? Let's read. Say say, say that again. Say that one more time. Go ahead. About three people didn't quite agree with that. So let's let's read it one more time. Ready? Read. God empowers you to do right. There's a couple people still struggling with that. God does not control us. Okay. If he did, he'd make you pay tithe. If he did, he wouldn't make you treat everybody right. But God does not control us. He empowers us to do his will. Can somebody say amen? Amen. You you may be seated in the presence of Almighty God. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Because we have a lot of people here this morning and have tuned in on the broadcast that were not in the encounter. But God wants us blessed as well. And God wants us our families, when we finally get home with our wives, our mothers, our sisters, and all of those in the encounter, God wants what you receive this weekend to count and to push the family uh, in a place where, where God will be glorified. Now, now, not putting a damper on anything, <laughs> but God's order has not changed. And as much as we're rejoicing over what happened this weekend, it's never going to be totally like God wants it until the man gets in his place. Mm-hmm. Three women clap. But, but 
But God did not call women to lead. Now, I know I can get in trouble, but I'm going to stay with the word. Well, go, go to Genesis. I know Ephesians, but go to Genesis. I'm over there now. So hold your stones. Look, look at this. Look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, to the single ladies who just came out of the encounter. I really want you to hear this. Are you in verse 18? And the Lord God said, who's talking? And the Lord God said, who's talking? Well, let's see what he said. It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him, one translation says, I will make for him. I will make for him a helper that is compatible to him. Who Jesus. So God makes you, woman, not compatible for every man. But if you are willing, he will make you compatible to your man, your husband. Oh, God, here we go, here we go. Now, now notice that God did not make him compatible for you. Let's, let's get rid of, rid of the marital problem right now. Because you've been waiting for him to line up. And God says, no, you line up. Because I made you compatible for him. So that means, ladies, when you marry him, you don't have a vision. You forfeit your vision when you marry him. And if you're not willing to let it go, then you don't get married. Because you're not called to help fulfill your vision. You've been called to help fulfill his vision. Somebody help my wife on one or two of these steps with her pretty self. But as pretty as she is, and all that she did this weekend, boy, the Holy Ghost doing something in here. God did with her this weekend it wasn't for her she's helping me to bring to pass the vision that God gave me that's why you never marry a man that you can't follow 
and you never marry a man who have not told you where you're going. Because God's order, I know the culture, but the culture's wrong. And the church is allowing the culture to change the church instead of the church changing the culture. And no matter what women do, you cannot replace the man. God made him first. So when you go home, you don't take over. You help him. Help him, helper. Come on, turn to three women and say, help him, helper. Come on, tell him again. Help him, helper. When you go home, help him, help her. Don't fuss at him. Don't murmur and complain. Help him, help her. Most of your frustration will subside if you will help him, help her. Talking about what God has called you to do. If you're married, you're called to help him, help her. There's no two visions. Ooh, Jesus. Hey, get my wife, man. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Please have a seat. I will make him a helper, comparable. That means that there's a woman that God has fashioned that will fit you, man. Because whatever you're called to do, she's been called of God to help you to bring it to pass. Now, I know this is against women's lib. But this Bible is not about women's lib. It's about human liberation. And things will never be right in the church or in the community until men take their rightful place. Got three men is not scared to clap. In Ephesians 5, Let's go, let's go there. Ephesians 5. Now, I'm not putting water on your fire, but in the house of God, let's stay biblical. Let, let's, let's, let, let, let's stay with the word of God. And ladies, you, you believe God and you intercede that your man will rise up and take his rightful place. Because when your husband is out of place, it automatically puts you in a displaced position. Are you listening to me? Oh, God, I'm, I'm getting, I can feel a little bit, but I'm not scared. 
Look at verse 25. Well, let's just go to verse 22. Verse 22, it says, wives, submit unto your own husband as unto the Lord. And now we don't have time, but in my former lessons, I share with you the difference between having a man who's a lead and having a man who's a covering. And there can be challenges in the home when you marry a lead. Because a woman can't function with a lid, but she can function with a covering. That's why a woman is supposed to leave one covering and go to another covering. But, but the new culture sends our daughters out into the world uncovered. You, you see, this modern society uh, uh, have women with this mindset to grow up, to get a certain age, and to leave home. Ladies, you're never to leave home. You're to stand in the covering of your father until God allows that man to find you. You're to leave from one covering and go to another covering. That's why a man is never to take you until he go to your father. That's why when you encounter a man who's a snake, he doesn't want to go to your father. Ooh, Jesus. Because a girl, her covering is her daddy. And she leaves from one covering to another covering. So you don't marry a man who's not willing to cover you. You don't marry a man who's not willing to take care of you. Sacrificially. Oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm into something. You, you see, a lid just wants your body. Let's, let's, let's do this. Are we in Ephesians 22? Wives, submit unto your home. Now, that word submit, is it, it rubs this culture really bad. Submit? I ain't submitting to nobody. But, but a real woman of God does not have a problem submitting to her husband. As long as he's a real husband. And a preacher doing a ceremony over you or the justice of the peace putting you together, are you listening to me? That doesn't make him a husband. And just because a man is a male doesn't make him a husband. A man is a man, but a husband will die for you. A husband will sacrifice for you. A husband will redeem you. When you make a mistake, your husband will step in and preserve you and protect you. A husband will be, sisters, your bail bondsman. But a man will tell you to make it out yourself. But look what it says. It says, wives, submit unto your own husband. That means, ladies, you don't submit to every man. You're going to tear your marriage up coming to church, submitting to the pastor, and don't submit to your husband. Now your husband's mad at the pastor. And if you spend too much time in his face, your husband will think y'all got something going on. Because
because your presentation is wrong. God didn't say submit to your pastor. He said submit to your husband. But the danger is if you marry a husband or a man that's not submitted to God. So why are you looking for a man with wavy hair and a certain build or a certain education? The first priority you need to discover as a woman, how much does he love God? Because if you marry a man that doesn't love God, you've already, you married marital problems. Because if God can't check him, who can? Ooh, Jesus. This is good. Then drop down to verse 25. It says, husbands, love your wives. Notice, it didn't say wives, love your husband. As a matter of fact, Paul, by the Holy Ghost, he said that the older women should teach the younger women how to love their husbands. Where are the real mothers in the church? who operate in love and not witchcraft. Notice Paul by the Holy Ghost, he says, husbands, what? Love your wife as Christ loved the church. So a real man of God, he loves his wife sacrificially. He loves her unconditionally, and he loves her redemptively. If the man loves his wife like Christ loved the church, there'll be no marital problems. Because there's nothing she can do that the love of God can't cover. Can, can somebody say amen? No woman, it's the way God made her. It's the way God made the woman. That it is not a struggle for her to submit and to respond to a man who is a real man of God. And being a pastor doesn't make you a real man of God. You can be a pastor and be a whore. You can be a pastor and get high. You can be a pastor and cuss. Don't look at me that way. There are some who do it. But if you love your wife like Christ loves the church, then there's no room for the enemy to get in and cause confusion. Is this blessing anybody at all? So husbands are charged by God to go all in, to be all in in his love for his wife, like Christ the church. Ooh, Jesus. This, this, is, this, is, this is something. So if we love our wives like Christ loved the church, one of the hallmarks is that a man who really loves his wife and acting like Christ toward his wife, he'll be giving. 
Ooh, Jesus. And women love men who give. I can't get no help. <laughs> and when a woman says that's enough, she's not telling the truth. She's just really saying that's enough for today. Because that's the way God made her. That's the way God made her. And don't get me talking about, you know, your different love. Everybody got different love language. Uh, you know, uh, my love language is my love. All women like stuff being given to them. That's every woman's love language. Now, she may not like flowers, but she likes something. But when a man gives to his wife, he's acting like Christ. And that's why God gave her to you, to train you how to give. Because prior to her coming, you were stingy. And so God brings her to show you how to walk in his blessings. Why? Because to walk in blessings, you have to be a giver. Good God of mercy, this is good. I said this is good. Now let's close out with this, with Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, and I'm done. Clarity of the family. Luke chapter 10, are you there? Look at verse number 17. Then the 70 returned with, with joy. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt the women who come out of the encounter. Ne nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So wherever there is success in a marriage, in a family, in a ministry, wherever there's success in a business, that is always the workings of the Holy Ghost. Ooh, Jesus. And so God so designed this thing called family that America, particularly the Western world, is trying to redefine what marriage is. But we don't have legal right to redefine what God designed. As a matter of fact, family, family, marriage is so sacred to God that God made family before he made the church. Because without family, you don't have the church. And a local church 
isn't any stronger than his families. That's why in this culture that we're in, you're finding more males and females just shacking up. Because shacking up is a perversion of what God called family. As a matter of fact, people have shacked up for years and turn around and get married and start having a real fight. Boy, I'm telling you, when we, before we, you know, signed on the dotted line, we were doing all right. But as soon as we said I do to each other, it seemed like all hell broke loose. And it did. Because marriage is covenant. Shacking up is sin. Okay, two people agreed. Okay. That that didn't go over too good, Jesus. So, So the devil can't make you do anything. I'm sorry, honey. The, the, the devil made me do it. That's two wrongs. One is you, what you did was wrong, and then you lied about how it happened. The devil can't make you do anything. The devil can't make you do anything, and God won't make you do anything. Are you listening to me? God has empowered you and I to be in control of us. Not in control of somebody else. That's witchcraft. When you're trying to control somebody else, that's witchcraft. I don't care if it's your husband or your wife. That's witchcraft. God has given you authority and a power to control yourself. If you're trying to control somebody else, that's witchcraft. That's manipulation. I don't care if it's your spouse. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, Jesus. You you don't control your husband with manipulation. You you control him with submission. You, You don't control your wife with manipulation. You control her with love. Something's wrong with you when you don't want to give to your spouse with your stingy self. For God so loved the world, he withheld nothing from us. For the mere fact you love, it inspires you to give. I love you. I want to make you happy. I read your letter. I finally realized that when you uh, said I left something in the house and you went back in when I was bringing you for the encounter, that you put something over there uh, on, on my, uh, what do you call it? We're in the bathroom. What, what do you call it when you got two of them? Yeah. Who? Yeah, the vanity. Oh, she left it on my side. A letter. I said, oh, what's this? And so I took it up to my private space and I opened it up 
And I read it. And I got mad at first. Tell the truth, shame the devil. I got a little ticked off. And, and then, you know, God, God started ministering to me. And uh, hallelujah. You know, sometimes when you think you're doing pretty good and, and you realize you're not doing as good as you think you're doing. So I realized that while she was in the encounter that I needed one too. And so I turned the TV off and spent some time with God over your letter. And then I sought counsel. Because in the multitude of counsel, there's... So I sought counsel. Because I didn't want you to come home and I'd be the same. And so we'll get back to this in, in, on Wednesday on clarity of the family. And, and uh, this perhaps is the most profound series I've ever taught since I've been a pastor. But the word of God is bringing correction and is bringing order. Because God is a God of order. And, and order keeps us unified. It, ke it keeps us on the same, the same page. Uh, in the coming days, I'm going to be really majoring on dealing with men, and I'm going to have a number of sessions with just the men of the house along with myself. And, and I wrote this down uh, because this is my opinion, that many of the issues in the church, today's culture, are caused by, by the, the abundance of weak men. And we have a lot of weak men because by satanic design, we have so many men who have never been fathered. And growing up 20 years old, 30 years old, you can be 40 years old, and 50 years old, and you are a male, but a male doesn't make you a man. And sisters, I salute you. Some of you have had to raise children by yourself. That's a, an attack of the devil because God never designed for the family to be raised by one parent. It is Satan's design to attack the family, to destroy the family. That's why even, even the American system when it comes to the family, was designed to destroy the family. When a family was struggling and needed assistance, the family couldn't get assistance unless the man was absent from the home. So it forced the father to leave and for the woman to get a boyfriend. 
that would have to go out the back door when the, when the government came in the front door to check on the family. All it was designed to tear the family up. That we will assist you if there's not a male in the house. The assisting should be to help the family to get on his feet, not to destroy the family. And so the challenge in the church, in the community, is that we have a lot of immature males. And when, when males have not been properly trained and taught and guided by other men of God, then they conduct themselves in an immature way. And so when a woman marries a man like that, she discovers when she has children, she's got, she's got not just the children, but she got him as a child too. So she's not only trying to raise the children, she's trying to raise him. Who Jesus. And because many men have never been fathered, when you put a strong man in their presence, it's intimidating. And one of the reasons they don't like the men, a strong man, is because he can't fool a man like he fools a woman or his mama. Who Jesus. And so I believe, and I have taken a position, you don't have to agree with it, it's a position I've taken. I believe that if you strengthen the men and disciple them to Jesus, not to church dogma, but disciple them to Jesus. I believe when you disciple a real man to Jesus, that you will also be ministering to his wife, you'll be ministering to his children, you'll be ministering to the community. Because any woman who's married in her right mind and loves Jesus, she wants her husband to take his rightful place. And it is a place where God placed him. And Satan has been working overtime to remove him from his place. Let, let me close with this. Is this my second closing? I'm a Baptist boy, so I get three. Look at Genesis. You, you're going to see something. Uh, I think I want, I think I want, uh, what is it that I want, Jesus? Uh, I want Genesis 3. I want you to see something. You in Genesis 3? Now look at, uh, well, for, for, for understanding, look at Genesis 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to who? And he said to the woman. Now, one of the reasons I believe that Satan went to the woman is because the woman personally did not know what God said. And Satan said to who? 
He said to the woman. Notice he didn't say to the man. Why? Because the man knew what God said. But Eve didn't know what God said. Eve had to believe what her husband told her was, in fact, what God said. So what are you going to do with a man who don't hear from God? What are you going to do with a man that doesn't pray? How does a man know which direction to take his family if he's not talking to God? And how can you as a wife have confidence in what he's saying we're going to do when you're not, not clear that he got it from God? Come on, let's stay Bible. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said? In other words, I know what your husband told you. God said. So he's, he's attacking both entities. He's attacking God in her life, and he's attacking her husband. Good God of mercy. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said. Who said it? Okay. But she don't know what God said. So she's really quoting her husband now. She's saying, God said, and I got it from my husband. You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And just like women who don't yield to the Holy Ghost, they amplify. Because there's some things, sister girl Evie said, that God didn't say that at all. Look what she said. Nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Now, let's cut through the chase. Eve, Evie, eventually she was seduced. She was deceived and she ate. Yes? And God still didn't say anything. God was still silent. Did God say, don't eat of that tree? Yes. And the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. But when Eve ate of it, nothing happened. And God didn't say anything. You would have thought nothing went wrong. Because as long as Adam didn't eat, there was still a possibility of redemption. In other words, if Adam had not eaten of the tree, he could have redeemed his wife. And Jesus never would have to have come to redeem us all. Because in Adam, we all fell. And in Christ, we were all redeemed. We were all lost for eating. And then we were all redeemed for not eating. Good God of mercy. And Jesus didn't even eat nuts. I mean, he didn't eat at all. Helping these Daniel fast people. 
Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of, of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Major deception. Major deception. Major deception. Hear this if you don't hear anything else. Whenever Satan gets you into the arena of reasoning, he'll always whip you. Because he's a master of reasoning. But you will whip him every time. Somebody say every time. If you hold him in the arena of faith. Now, let, let's, 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 let's go on now. So, we know that eventually Eve gave or brought, that, brought the fruit to her husband, yes? And I don't know, you know, if she was smacking, I don't know if juice was running down, I don't know, but, but it, certainly when he looked at her, you know, it, she had the, the appearance like whatever she had just done, it, it was desirable. And she said, baby, listen, the God's been holding out on us. You, you, need, you need to have some of this. And the Bible says, and Adam did eat. Here, let me close now. Jump to verse 17. Then to Adam, he said, who said? God said, because you had... Heated. Go ahead, ladies. Don't act like you can't read. <laughs> this will deliver you from that, 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 that ungodly, satanic woman spirit that's in the church. Now, what I'm saying is a challenge for for men who are struggling for their manhood, and there's also a challenge for women who like to control. Both of them are perversion. Ooh, God. Nobody's saying nothing now but me and two kids. He said, Adam, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. So God dealt with Adam for heeding to the voice of his wife. That's why it's dangerous when you're married to a woman who prays and she's married to a man who does not. Because if she says God said something and it's not God and you do it, God's not going to penalize her brother. He's going to penalize you. Because whatever she is saying God said, God is saying to you, I will tell you first. And she will bring you only a confirmation because she is a helper. So now we see 
why today's families are all jacked up. Adam doesn't even know if he's a man or a woman. And Eve doesn't know if she's a woman or a man. Go ahead, keep looking confused. And so I'm so excited for the women who've just come out of the encounter because you're in a special place right now that can aid your husband in a way you were never would have been able to prior to this encounter. And God's going to show you ways and insight how to help him be all that God has called him to be. And when he becomes all that God has called him to be, it automatically makes you all that God has called you to be. This, this is, this is it's not popular teaching. But a family is not two men with children, is not two women with children. And I'm so tired of these weak back pastors who are so scared to tell the truth because they're afraid somebody's going to get mad and leave. If they get mad and leave because you're preaching truth, what were you going to do with them in your congregation standing there lying to them? The truth will set you free after it makes you mad first. Like that letter. <laughs> And so Eve was deceived. But Adam, he willingly yielded and took of the fruit. And it was then and only then that God came down. And as I shared with you in former lessons, he didn't come up. Because what they did wasn't above him. God came because everything is under his feet. And when he came down, he didn't look for Evie. He looked for what he made first. Ooh, God. Ooh, Jesus. As a matter of fact, sister girls, you didn't come from the dirt. That's why you look the way you look. God took his time with you. I mean, he, with men, he just grabbed some dirt. He just grabbed some dirt and blew into it. Look at us. Look, it's just dirt. Just, we just, some dirt. But look how he fashioned you. He took his time with you. And you didn't come from the dirt. Come on, ladies, don't back off now. Man came from the dirt, but you came from him. God took you out of his side, not to walk in front of him, not to walk behind him, but on his side because you've been designed by God to be his helper. 
and whatever femininity that Adam had in him, God took it out. God took that broke wrist out of him. God took that shaky, shaky out of him. No man got no business shaking when he walked. God took it out. Come on now. Whatever a woman is, God took that out of him. And if God took it out of him, it should no longer be in him. Because when God does something, he never goes back to the same place twice. So when he went to the dirt and got Adam, he didn't go back to the dirt to get Eve. Because everything he wanted when he went to the dirt, the first time, he got it. And when God said it's not good for man to be alone, notice God went back inside of man. He didn't go get orangutan. Come on now. I hear a brother saying, I don't know. <laughs> but no, brother, he didn't get orangutan. <laughs> mm -hmm. He didn't get a monkey. He didn't get a lion. He didn't get a giraffe. He didn't get a hippopotamus. When God said it was not good for you to be alone, he found what you needed on the inside of you. Good God, preach, boy, preach. When God said it's not good for man to be alone, he didn't go somewhere in oblivion to find you somebody. What you needed, brother, was already on the inside of you. And God just pulled it out. And what you need to be successful in your marriage, in your family, you don't have to look here and there. It's already on the inside of you. And all you need now is to get around somebody who have the God-given insight to draw it out. And that's what I want to do with the men. I want them to, to be bold enough and consecrated and dedicated enough to just to hang around me. And I'm going to make myself available so they can hang around. Because there's some things I believe that God wants to impart to them that they won't get with me standing behind this podium teaching a lesson. But there's some things they're going to get from me from just hanging around because there's something that's in me that if they get around me, they'll draw it out of me and it'll get in them and your wives and your families will rejoice. Come on, somebody. Give God praise and give him glory. And so all these mighty women of God who just came out of the encounter, all you need now, all you need, <laughs> ooh, Jesus, all you need now is for a mighty man of God to be by your side so that you can help him do this kingdom thing 
that will bring glory and honor to Almighty God. Oh God. To every lady who's leading because you have to lead. Because he does not yet know how to lead. Don't leave him. But just let him know he doesn't have any choice but to hang around me. Because I believe the spirit of God is going to breathe on him. Oh, God. Perhaps that's why I was raised by my father as a single parent. There were some things I didn't get, and I'm learning. But one thing Mr. Jonesy taught me before I came home from school, from basketball practice, and found him dead. Nobody told me my father was dead. I found him in the shack that I was raised in, with no running water, no electricity, and raised on an outhouse. And I came home from back basketball practice and found him dead. But one thing God made sure that that man imparted to me before he died is he showed me how to be a responsible man. And because he raised me, just in him raising me, subliminally, it taught me that a man never leaves his family. And because he stayed, it inspired me to stay. Because no matter how bad it is, I'm not talking about a woman being beaten or hit on. You, you, know, that's, uh, you need to get out of that. Because a man's not loving you and beating you too. That's not true. He, he's lying to you. He's not beating you and loving you too. Because if you love me, you won't beat me. Somebody need to hear that. Because I'm not advocating any woman. Matter of fact, in the modern day, I'm not advocating any man. Yeah. Yeah. It's not God's will for a man to be in a house with his wife beating him. That's embarrassing. As a matter of fact, men go on hiding over that more than women. Because it's, it's more socially acceptable if a woman says it. But what does a man say to people when his wife is beating his behind when he goes home? And it's not that she can whip him. It's just that she's got that kind of man that she can. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus. Is, is this good? I said, is this good? And so that's what I'm after now, is training men and teaching men how to be discipled to Christ because it is the man's responsibility to go home and to disciple his family. 
And we have to, we have to saturate this, this area with a lot of prayer of intercessory because Satan hates it when a man finds his place in the things of God. He'll fight women. He'll fight women too. But he really will fight men. That's why most churches have more women than they have men. And got quiet on me. And so the church is missing strong men. Strong men. It's only when the church and the family have a strong man in the house that the wife feels covered and feels safe and secure. And that wife has to feel like that man, her husband, he is willing to die for me. And when she really knows that, she can settle in and really be your helper. And you really need your wife to help. You can't spell. You write run-on sentences. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. And she makes you look good. And when she makes you look good, it automatically makes her look good. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.